Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, welcome, friends, to Praying for America. Great to have you with us. You know, it's been a few days since President Trump spoke to CPAC. I was there, and I want to give you some reflections from that talk. Hopefully, you've seen it. We have it on our website, presidenttrumprallies.com. Obviously, if you're tuning in on Right Side Broadcasting, you know that Right Side airs it all the time, and uh, it's available, of course, on their website as well. So you got two different options there. I want to talk about some key takeaways from the talk and uh, what that means going forward for our uh, election 2024 season. Also, tomorrow night, tonight is uh, Tuesday, the 7th of uh, March. Tomorrow night, the 8th of March, we're going to be having one of our election trainings. So we have these national trainings for our nationwide volunteers for election work. And uh, the volunteers come on a Zoom call. And we're going to have another one of those uh, tomorrow night. So you can sign up at ProLifeVolunteer.com and Learn to uh, make a difference in your in your uh, local elections, prolifevolunteer.com. So we are going to start with the scripture, as we always do, and then I'll tell you some thoughts from President Trump's speech. We read in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, starting with verse 33, they came to Capernaum. When Jesus was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. He then took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Let us pray. Lord God, we do not seek greatness in the earthly sense. We seek greatness in the sense of your kingdom and your teaching. Greatness that is defined by being the servant of all. By putting others first, by lowering ourselves to help them, by becoming the least. This is greatness in the kingdom of God because this, O God, is what you did. You did not come to be served, but to serve, to give your life as a ransom for many. Lord Jesus, we think of your act of sacrifice. First of all, lowering yourself humbling yourself to even become human, but then going even further by dying on the cross, shedding your blood to serve us. That is how you serve us. It wasn't just by curing the sick, feeding the hungry, or even raising the dead. You served us by giving your life so that through that sacrificial offering, we might find the forgiveness of all our sins, the conquering of death itself, that we might find adoption as your sons and daughters 
and the fullness of eternal life. This is how you have served us. And that sacrifice, that once and forever sacrifice on Calvary, remains the source of grace. It remains the reason why every blessing can be given. It remains the reason why every prayer can be answered. It remains the reason why every sin can be forgiven. It remains the reason why every soul can be saved. That sacrificial offering, that is your service to us. And so, Lord, we pray now for our elected officials and our public servants. Lord, wake them up. Those who seek to hold public office, wake them up that they may understand that power in this nation, power in your kingdom, is not supposed to mean lording it over others. As Jesus says in another passage, that among the Gentiles, their great ones make their authority felt. Lord, you said it cannot be that way with us. We're not here to make our authority felt. We're here to serve. Our founders told us there are certain rights that you give us that governments must serve, not erode, not deny, not negate, not diminish, not delete, not abolish, but serve. Lord, enable us to serve. Give us that spirit of humility. Give us the mind which is in you. As Paul says, though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. It was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. Because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, so that at Jesus' name every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. He who humbles himself shall be exalted. Exalt us, Lord Jesus, exalt our nation, Exalt our leaders through humble service of you and your people. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, I wanted to choose that passage and say that prayer. Because President Donald Trump really exemplifies this teaching of the Word of God. He mentioned it again in his speech the other night, Saturday night. March the 4th, I was there in uh, CPAC gathering in National Harbor, Maryland, just adjacent to our nation's capital. He said, you know, I had, I had a great life. I had it made. Fame, fortune, everything. I didn't need to go through the crucible that the left and the Democrats and the media and the rhinos have caused. He, he didn't need to go through it the first time. He doesn't need to go through it the second time. But you notice, he weathered the storm the first time, and he's ready to do it again. 
Why? Ego doesn't explain that. Selfishness doesn't explain that. Selfishness would explain the opposite. Oh, people are not treating me with the respect I deserve. I'm not going to deal with this. Is it greed that explains why one would not simply want to spend one's time and effort amassing more money rather than ending up uh, having to put it aside? He even donated his salary as president. Let's, let's compare that to what, what all the other presidents have done. especially the freedom-hating Democrat ones. All those people that they vote for these Democrat uh, candidates, where are they? They have nothing to say when it comes to these particular kinds of questions. Cowards and fools that they are. Blind fools, blind fools, like Jesus said. They're blind fools, supporters of these Democrat presidents. Totally blind it's really sad. You know, I did a tweet the other day. Do you see the tweet I did about George Conway, Kelly and Conway, uh, whom uh, I know and whom I'm grateful to, and many of us are grateful to for getting uh, President Trump elected in, back in 2016 and running that campaign and uh, all the great work she does with polling and helping people understand the attitudes of the American people. Fantastic. We should all be grateful to her. Uh, but there was a, an article I retweeted uh, the other day about uh, how she's apparently getting divorced from George Conway, who uh, at a certain point fell into great deception by uh, turning against uh, President Trump. And, and I mentioned this because in the tweet I said, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm forever saddened by people who end up living through the greatest presidential administration our history has seen. And they, they, they missed it. You missed it, George. That's really sad. And maybe you can get the scales off your eyes and rediscover it, but you missed it. And the bad company that you're in they miss it too. All you folks that are out there, now some of you are watching, you know, you got nothing better to do. And all of you that are like the anti-Trumpers and whatnot, you're the blindest of the blind. You lived through the greatest presidential administration our, our country has had. You lived through the time when the person who's done it best was doing it right before your eyes. It was on the TV screens and the headlines right there in front of you, and you missed it. Can, can, you, can you please tell me how you pulled that off? Because I'm amazed. I'm saddened by it. But I'm also amazed. I'm amazed by it. How did you pull that off? 
you blind, clueless people? How did you pull that off? I. All right, well, we'll let these blind, clueless people think about that a little bit. Maybe one of these days they'll have something to say for themselves. Because you know what? They don't have anything to say for themselves. And everything they've said to themselves is stupid. The speech the other night, however, was great. It was epic. I've heard some commentators who know President Trump pretty well say that it was the best speech that he ever gave. I mean, you can. I've heard a lot of his rally speeches and speeches on other occasions. Try to watch every one of them. So again, PresidentTrumpRallies.com, you can watch it from the other night. And even if you saw it, watch it again. That's what I'm going to do. You always get more when you watch it again and again and again, because he packs a lot into, there's a lot of content in these speeches. Now there's a lot of, you know, rah-rah, uh, uh, if you will. There's a lot of laughter. He's, he makes people laugh. He makes them get to their feet. Uh, applaud, cheer. We even had a little "Let's Go Brandon" chanting going on the other night. I actually initiated one of the one at one time, one of the "Let's Go Brandon" chants, um, because you know he took aim at Biden. And this is the first thing about the speech that I want to point out: he didn't take aim at his primary opponents. And you got a couple of people starting to throw their hat into the ring, right? Now, Ron DeSantis has not announced, you know, he's doing all the things that one would expect somebody to do if they're at least gauging, measuring, studying, assessing whether they should jump into a presidential race. Because, of course, you have to gauge and measure and assess it before you do it. You don't just shoot in the dark, you know, oh, let's try this and see how it works out. No, you do some serious study and, you know, get the lay of the land first. He's obviously doing that. But he hasn't declared he may come to the conclusion that, eh, you know, I've analyzed this, I've assessed it, and even though a lot of people want me to do it, this is not the right time to do it. Hey, he might come to that conclusion. And there's good reason to think that he should, only because, and I'm not saying I, I, he wouldn't make a great uh, president, but, we, but, but friends, we don't know that. We know that President Trump makes a good president. He did it already, and he's willing to do it again. It might be best this time around not to have on-the-job training. This was one of the points that was made at CPAC where uh, uh, Steve Bannon was speaking, among many others, and he made that point. He said, we don't, we're, we're in the midst of the storm right now. We don't need on-the-job training. We need people who have done it before. But be that as it may, people can have different opinions about that. point I'm making is that uh, so many people um, thought this was the best speech. He didn't go after the primary opponents. You got, uh, you know, Nikki Haley has jumped in, and Vivek Ramaswamy, and, and, and you got others that are, you know, likely lining up. No, he went after Joe Biden, and rightfully so, for the total incompetence by which the man is, uh, I don't even want to say running the country, because I think it's Barack Obama running the country. But Biden is there in the puppet seat. And uh, this disaster, it's a total disaster. On every single issue, it's a total disaster. Lack of leadership, total incompetence, destruction of the country, and things that are being done and things that are being not done, the only explanation for which is that you're deliberately trying to harm the country, which is why this is no longer a matter of disagreements. This is a matter of defending the country by getting out of power those that are destroying it. That, that's just, it, 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 it's, it's nothing less than that. It's nothing less serious than that. So you've got 
That is observation number one. And and I think, you know, what you've seen President Trump doing, you know, back when he announced in November, okay, we had the midterm elections towards the beginning of the month, middle of the month, he announced his candidacy. And then in November and December, you basically had a scenario where if you put him in a field of a whole bunch of potential Republican uh, primary candidates and said to people, you know, who are you going to vote for? He would dominate the field. But if you took away all the potential candidates except DeSantis, what you noticed was all these others, people who were going to vote for all these others, seemed to be putting their vote behind Ron DeSantis instead of President Trump. Now, that analysis is no longer the case. Now he has a, a strong lead, and it seems to be an increasing lead, both when you put everybody out of the field or you just do Trump DeSantis. President Trump strongly won the straw poll there at CPAC, 62 to uh, 20, uh, Ron DeSantis getting the, getting the uh, second place, the 20. Um, so, so, so things are things are going up with with President Trump's polling, and I and and the speech that he gave the other night is an indication of the reason why. The reason why you got a lot of people, and Dick Morris was pointing this out on his weekend program. You got a lot of people who are they'll say you know they're in favor of President Trump running again, which obviously he is, and. Uh, they like him, and they're not anti-Trumpers. They're not these blind people that I was berating a few minutes ago. No, these are people who who, who like President Trump and don't even mind his um, what some people would say are mean tweets and whatnot. Hey, you know, it's a, give me the mean tweets and a little bit better prices at the gas tank. Thank you very much. But the point is that uh, they're window shopping for other candidates. Not that they don't like President Trump. They're window shopping. They're, uh, let's see what uh, let's see what's available this time around. All right. Well, you know what? Again, we're in the storm now. It's not that the storm is coming. We're in the storm. We, we can't. This is no time for 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 fooling around, playing games, or dilly dallying. It seems to me when we know somebody can do the job, get them in there as quickly as we can and get the job done. And that's what he promised to do in the speech. We're going to finish the job we began. And he's been focusing in these recent months, on fixing things, finishing the job that he started and fixing the problems we have, the broken system that we have, the broken nation, a nation in decline, as he has been saying, and also addressing the new challenges on the horizon, a few of which I want to mention here. So you've got new challenges on the horizon all tied in with go more and more government control, more and more globalism and uh, threats to individual liberty. This is the overarching theme. And some of these things, President Trump is the only one who's bringing them up and the only one who has a proven track record that he can deal with them. You've got this overarching theme of enemies of freedom pushing for a destruction of liberty and pushing against the idea of a free nation and instead buying into some kind of globalist control. What, is, uh, what, is, uh, uh, what are some of the, the, 
so 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 let me back up. So President Trump has been focusing on policy, not on personal attacks of others, but on policy. And he's been putting out a lot of different policy statements. Now you go to donaldjtrump.com, that should be a go-to place. Uh, and you see the section on statements on that website. It's been re- recently, uh, revisions are, are taking place on the webpage, and, and you'll see the statements section there. Look at the statements that are coming out on policy. And they were incorporated, a lot of them, on, in this speech. He said, let's look at what we're going to do in a second term. So the threat of the, the WHO, the World Health Organization. Uh, you know, this is really a danger to individual and national liberty because uh, there is um, this treaty that has just been uh, voted on and apparently uh, Biden is willing to sign it on behalf of the United States uh, with the notion that it doesn't need Senate ratification. And what it would do is would give unprecedented authority to the WHO to determine what the United States is going to do in the event of another pandemic, and in fact, to define what a pandemic is. This should not be up to some kind of international body that has any kind of jurisdiction over the United States. The United States of America cannot give jurisdiction to anybody. We have our constitution. That tells us who has jurisdiction in our government. And you know what? It's we the people. That's it. It stops there. We don't give our authority directly or indirectly to any kind of international organization. And if they try to take it, we fight back. We're not going to tolerate that. But that's what the, the, with the, you know, this Brandon administration and this sick, demented, lunatic, radical Democrat party is doing, leading us in the direction of saying, oh, well, the World Health Organization, well, they'll define what a pandemic is. And, and then they can, they can tell the country what kind of measures they have to take to deal with the pandemic. And, and you know, if they define the pandemic the way they, they, they are defining is anything that, you know, threatens global human health, well, then they can start to say, well, you know, climate change, it's a, it's a pandemic. Racism is a pandemic because, you know, when there's racists out there, you know, black people don't get the kind of medical help they need and they get sick, they're more of them get sick. And all these things become pandemics, justifying all kinds of lockdowns, restrictions of our individual and national freedom in all kinds of different ways. No, we're not going to, we have to have open eyes here. This is the nonsense that people want to try to impose on us. This is the road that either because they're too stupid to see it or because they want to destroy this country, the Democrats want to lead us down. We say full stop right now. It's not going to happen. I'm going to bring up in in, in subsequent uh, evenings, there's so much here I want to unpack. But what I'm pointing out to you is that President Trump in his speech was very policy-oriented. Uh, he's improving his, his poll numbers. He's dominating the field. Uh, for the primary. It's for very good reason. Yeah, people are looking around, but they're looking for candidates who could fix the problems and see the threats. He's bringing up awareness of threats that a lot of other people aren't even talking about. He knows what they are. He knows how to handle them. He's got the character and the personality to make these people afraid of him. I just had you check out Newsmax.com, my columns on Newsmax. I just had one uh, the other day that talked about the fact that, you know, it's, it's better that people fear a president than like him. You know, we got to get away from this. Oh, well, I don't like this. I don't like it. It doesn't matter what we like. We have to be safe. 
We have to we have to defend liberty. We have to defend life. What, what does liking have to do with it? You like or you don't like his tweets. You like or you don't like his personality. Where in the world is that coming from? And how in the world does that matter? You want to defend your, your, your children or not? You want to defend their education? You want to defend the freedom of the nation? You want to defend our borders? You want to have a good economy? You want to defend our enemies out there who want to destroy us? You want to defend us against the World Health Organization imposing new restrictions on you because it's defining in its own way what a pandemic is and we're surrendering national sovereignty to this group of strangers who don't have America's best interests at heart? This is to be continued. A lot more to share with you about. Watch the speech, and then we'll talk about it throughout the week. PresidentTrumpRallies.com. Before we run out of time, let's go back into prayer. Father, we, we, we do pray that this primary campaign uh, may indeed be focused on how we fix things and that people may understand uh, the, the, the roadmap being laid out for us as to how we fix the problems and meet the threats that are looming on the horizon or that are already right over our heads. Lord, we thank you for the leadership of President Trump. We thank you for uh, all the people that, uh, in union with him, uh, create policies and implement them and have implemented them and are ready to implement them again that really, really preserve our freedom. Lord, we ask for light and, and just let the scales fall off the eyes of these these anti-Trump people, let the scales fall off of the eyes of the rhinos that uh, maybe twenty percent, maybe twenty percent of the Republican Party now. President Trump has dominated the party now with the MAGA movement, but maybe still these lingering sorts of Republicans who, again, there are scales, there's black scales on their eyes that they don't see the the the, the wisdom of the Trump policies or the greatness of, of his leadership. Lord God, by the power and light of the Holy Spirit, by the fire of the Holy Spirit, burn off those scales and let these people wake up for their own good, first of all. We can take back our country without them, but for their own good. Let them see. Let them experience the just the, the, the happiness and joy of recognizing great leadership when it's right before their eyes. Open those eyes. And Lord, thank you for the uh, the work that you give each of us to do. We want to lift up to you also the prayer intentions of each viewer as we look to you for health and wisdom, guidance and consolation, and just your strength and your grace to live out our calling in this world. And we sum up all our prayers and praises by offering the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for spending some time with me tonight. Tell other people about Praying for America. Be sure to follow me on social media. It's FR Frank Pavone. Make sure we're connected on Truth Social. Get your Truth Social account. If you don't have it already, get her. Thank you for broadcasting. Right Side Broadcasting. I was with them during CPAC, as you saw. If you are a viewer of theirs, follow them at RSB Network. And uh, let's stick together here. Remember, as President Trump told us, we're part of the greatest 
political movement in American history. No doubt about it. He mentioned that again in his speech. The greatest political movement in American history. Do not doubt that. And remember, our country doesn't belong to those who want to destroy it. It belongs to you and me. So let's make it great again. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.